0: Because when you start to take ownership over Allah's generosity, you're taking yourself as an idol before God. Mm. When you think that your giving came from you, when you think that you gave because you had something to give, that's a big burden. I wouldn't want to meet yeah. my Lord declaring that.
1: I'm Sadia Tariq and you are listening to Dhani the podcast the first episode of Ramadan special bringing you A Helva who has been on the podcast before as well and in this podcast she talks about the religious and spiritual realms boundaries and methods and ways of giving and taking the art of receiving is a special one, and she gives us a deep insight into how we can bring Allah in the equation and receive. Thank you for listening, and glad you're here. Alwa, thank you so much for being on Dhani, and welcome back.
0: Assalamu alaikum, thank you for having me.
1: Wa alaikum, assalam. Uh, so I I want to touch upon something that uh, is often sort of loosely um, said or loosely thought of, uh, where we're talking about uh, 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 striking a balance between give and take. So, for the first question is that what really is uh, from a spiritual point of view, what really is give and take, and uh, so when we are giving, we um, we feel that we are providing somebody with, uh, um, I don't know, aid in some form or the other, or whether it's care or love or or financial or whatever it may be. So, but how do we, if we are on the other side of the of the fence, how do we open? How do we open our hearts to receiving?
0: Hmm.
1: So it's a two pronged question, really. What sure. really is a give and take in the spiritual realm um and then from the receiving end uh again, how can we sort of enable ourselves to receive
0: mm. that's good um I would say that uh um, you know with giving and taking it's interesting because if you look in this world right there's let's just use a simple example of giving charity so um Let's say you give me charity and I'm needy and so then I receive. And so mm. then you say, well, it was my money and so I gave and Helwa received and so and that was the interaction. Then we look at the Quran and suddenly it says, Allah is speaking and it's like, I'm the owner of everything. And so what you have, you're, it's just a loan. And so suddenly what you give me You don't give me as an owner of that thing. You give me as a caretaker of that thing. Mm -hmm. And so interestingly enough, in the Quran, the concept of zakat or this alms tax, around a couple percentage, is that that money that you have that's dedicated to zakat no longer belongs to you, but belongs to the poor you're meant to give it to. Right. So now the money in my bank account Actually belongs to somebody else. So when mm-hmm. I don't give it, it's actually I'm I'm stealing from them, even though I quote unquote made it, that money.
1: Mm-hmm. And sure. that's
0: Um, it's such as it's almost it's such a delicate way that Allah reminds us that we don't own things because we made them. Mm. We don't own things because we have them.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: So switching from saying, I'm a caretaker of what I have. I'm a caretaker of my gifts. I'm a caretaker of my body, of my voice, of my eyes. So am I a tyrant with my voice? Do I take that voice and use it in ways that go against the one who gave it to me, who lent it to me? Um, It's like borrowing someone's car to run a bank robbery. Like Mm -hmm. that wouldn't want, that's not why they gave you into their car. Yeah, But we do that all the time. We use our body in ways that that don't honor the creator. We use our eyes, our speech, our voice, right? And so something that Allah has given us, we we give it in ways that we're not honoring of the, the owner. And so the first thing around giving and taking is to remember who is the owner. And when we remember who the owner is, then the position of you giving and me in the situation receiving, it changes from a power dynamic to then you being given the quality of Al-Karim, you being able to sit and seep in Allah's quality of generosity. And me, the receiver, be able to sit in my neediness, which allows me to experience Allah as al-qani, the rich. Not you as the rich,
1: Hmm.
0: Allah is the rich. And so my gaze does not fall on you in praise, but goes to Allah. And we know from the Prophet's um, sayings that those who are not thankful to the creation are not thankful to Allah, or those who don't show mercy upon the creation The merciful won't show mercy on them. So I still say thank you. I'm still grateful to you for taking the mantle, for responding to what Allah calls you to do. I'm grateful to you for that. But I do not see you as the rich or see you as my savior. Even if Mm -hmm. I was running out of rent money and I would be on the street. I am so grateful that you listened to the call of your master but I know who gave to me. Sure, yeah. And so when we receive, part of the problem is, people look at their family or their friend and their whoever, and they feel a certain way about receiving from them, whatever it may be. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying, in the general sense, there are specific situations, obviously, where people give to be controlling or, give for not sincere reasons. But I'm saying in scenarios where someone is sincerely giving to you, and yet you find yourself not fully receiving, even if that giving is not money, it's just kind words. And so Mm -hmm. this voice comes up in your head that says, no, 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 like, no, 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 I'm not that thing. I'm not that person. I'm not worthy. So we reject that giving. And then the question then becomes, why do we reject that giving? instead of receiving what's being sent from Allah to us. And that's when, when we're talking about voices, the different voices that live inside of you, those three different voices, the nafs, the voices of the darkness, the shaitan, who kind of infiltrates your mind from time to time, and the voice is a guidance. We are present in our receiving which voice is speaking and which voice is preventing the receiving. Mm-hmm. And so when I give you a compliment and you are don't know what to do with your face or hands, like <laughs> anything, right? People struggle a lot with someone giving them a compliment. Yeah. Which voice is that? And weirdly enough, which surprises people, it often is the voice of the ego. Because mm. usually you, think, well, the ego. People automatically think, oh yeah, well, the ego isn't that like I am better, I'm better than you, I'm arrogant. But that's the thing. The ego is also, I am worse. It's egotistic and arrogant to say I am worse. I say, wow, how is that arrogant? And it's a classic example is, if I walked into a art gallery and I said, "Mm, these paintings on the wall, they're too expensive. And I say that to the creator of that art piece. That's pretty arrogant. Me knowing nothing about art or the market
1: Mm -hmm. they should
0: reduce their prices i'm Mm -hmm. acting quote-unquote knowledge Mm -hmm. so when i tell the creator of existence that i am worse than his the rest of his creation isn't that an arrogant statement to tell the one who created you what you're worth
1: sure is sure is yeah oh that's scary yeah
0: and we fall into that category a lot
1: Because we may not
0: say, I am better, right? Like the shaitan once upon a time says and continues to say. But we sure often do say, I am worse.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's the, almost the brilliance of the deception of the shaitan. Is to sometimes push you so much down that you think that you're being humble and you're saying, I am worse. (laughs) But it's just a veil. Because humility is not saying, I am worse. Humility is saying, I am nothing, before Allah. And that's very different Because you're saying, I am not in the position to even um, determine what's better and worse. Mm. So poof, I am whatever Allah wants me
1: Mm. to
0: be. Because worse and better is an interpretation, and that's something that comes from my mind. When we receive, we observe where where we're receiving from, and mm. where we're preventing the receiving. Because sometimes you receive from the shaitan. like, "Oh yeah, I am that thing that you're saying. Give it to me. I deserve that money. Mine." You know, we have that type of receiving too. So we listen. Where am I receiving from? Mm. And, and when I receive, where are my eyes on? Where is my gaze? Is it on an Allah? And if it's not, let me take a moment and redirect to Allah. I've been in conversations before with people and I'm I'm just like wow, amazed by something they've done or inspired by them and I just wanted to tell them that they mean so much to me and and they've literally been like, Give me a second, because I really want to receive what you're saying. Mm. So I just need a second to, to breathe and to remember. Who's speaking because it's not you hello and i want to i want to hear what my lord it wants me to hear and
1: mm-hmm. sometimes
0: maybe that i'm receiving this quote-unquote praise so that i can see the places in me that really wanted it and so allah is bringing someone before me so that i can see the place in me that that reaches out for praise
1: sometimes yeah. Even so, even just just from the context of praise, for instance, that, you know, sometimes it's like more uh, more of an ego boost and more of an ego where people are looking for that uh, to receive that kind of praise or receive that kind of an ego boost and polish the ego. You know, so you're receiving uh, or you're looking to receive all of that uh, for a purpose that really isn't right sure so yeah
0: and that that's the part with the uh the voices being um spending time being observant where you're receiving from you know also where you're giving from you know I I may want to really help a organization uh, maybe like a charity children's organization and when I come to write my check I recognize that I start thinking about maybe who, who's going to notice, or maybe I think, oh, they're going to think I'm this or that. And either, whatever voice comes up, I don't want people to think of me in this way positively or negatively. It, you begs to ask you, where is it coming from? Cause the law may ask you, it may feel like guidance to give $10,000 and you're like, wow, I, uh, I don't know if I can or et cetera. And you're starting to have this war inside your mind. So you're being asked to give, this war inside your mind. Then you write it and then when, when you're about to give that check, you're like, wow, I'm really giving a lot. That's like pretty incredible. Oh, you know, you're like, holding on mm-hmm. to because You're like, I don't want to give from that place. Right. Or, yeah. I have an example with a teacher of mine, deeply spiritual man. Um, and they, they were doing a fundraiser for Palestine. And this woman came up and she was like crying and she handed him some money and she told him, this is all I have to give. And he stopped everything and he raised her $1 bill and he said, this in the spiritual realm is worth a million dollars
1: because you gave,
0: she gave with her whole heart. It was all she could give, she was so embarrassed. And there's people around her writing ten, fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000, but that one dollar, it was the last dollar she can spare without having to have something to eat. Mm. And so the value in that was where it came from, was, was from her heart. And sometimes we're asked to give, even when we have, a certain amount, a small amount, because Allah wants to squeeze the part in us that wants to be praised, or, oh my God, my friend asked me for a donation, and I feel like all I can give is $5, you're like, oh God, and and so that sometimes weighs, because, because our ego wants to be seen a certain way, but the gift in that- yeah listen to the divine or that guidance is that it confronts that place and now we give the five dollars we burn and we go work on that place that wasn't able but struggled to follow guidance even when it's a small amount almost the same as when it's a big amount sometimes worse
1: mm. yeah it just dilutes the whole purpose right if you're doing this for uh, if you're giving for for the sake of, uh, Recognition or fame or just sort of being on a higher pedestal socially just just defeats the purpose.
0: Well, and it's also why I feel, my, my belief is that in the Quran we're asked so often to give. Just like you said, because this element of praise enters the picture, because we have egos that are unpolished, we're, we're asked to give continuously. It confronts this place continuously. It confronts mm-hmm. it. It confronts it every time we get What am I giving for? Am I giving because I feel uncomfortable? You know when they're at the um, classic example, I don't know if this is the same where you live, but here are some stores when you, when there's change over on the bill, like let's say the bill's $13.20, they'll say, do you want to give the remainder 80 cents to children with diabetes or cancer children? And often people say yes, not because they actually want to give 80 cents, but because they feel so uncomfortable, right? <laughs> saying no. Yeah. 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 So I remember, it's just, you don't even think, you just say yes. And then I remember one of my friends said something about it. And so I started saying no, and it was like, I felt like I was dying, saying no to the cashier. <laughs> it was 25 yeah. cents, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't about the child for me. It was about confronting the place in me that, my ego felt good when I said yes to giving 80 cents of diabetes that I didn't have to think about that again. I didn't have to worry or think about those children and I didn't have to feel small in front of the cashier. So I knew Mm. that my 80 cents went nowhere. It was, it was spiritually a waste of money in Mm. a sense. I wasn't giving from a real, hopefully it served whoever that small amount of money. But, and then I realized that sometimes we just We have to do these self little practices to spot this place that longs for praise. And I actually have um, a practice to offer. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but it's something that I've been thinking more and more about. Um, And it's in regards when someone gives you a compliment Mm. and how do you go about receiving it Mm. in a way that's, N- not something you can touch, but sort of. So here I'll explain it, is that when someone, um, um, did I ever talk to you about the flowers? In receiving? No,
1: no, 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 we haven't spoken about it, no.
0: Okay, so, when someone gives you a compliment, early on when I wrote the book, and people would give compliments all the time, and they were honestly giving it from the sincerity of their hearts, and you could really feel that, but I really struggled in receiving them, their, their kindness. I just... i I struggled knowing where to put that praise and and then i came across this practice that whenever someone says something to you whenever they're grateful to something and with the book it was like this and they would say these very nice things i would imagine that what they were saying was like a flower just Mm -hmm. a daisy or a rose and that i was the assistant of god not in any like hierarchy position just any any um, that there's a boss and i'm an assistant and these people Mm. are giving these roses for the boss and so as the assistant i have no role here i'm just my job is to receive the this flower and so i would receive the flower metaphorically and i would sort of tuck it in my pocket and then i would go on and someone would send me a message or it'd be like a really nice something and I would take those petals, flowers, and I would put it in my pocket. And then at the end of the night, when I was sitting in prayer, I would remove these flowers from my pocket, and I would offer the bouquet to Allah. And for me, what it created was every moment when someone was generous and kind, because of this dynamic shift, I was like, oh he, yes, like you're right, Allah does do amazing things to incapable people like me, thank mm-hmm. you. And I would sort of take and put in my pocket and then I was so great because the person genuinely and generously offering this thing felt like I received it because I did,
1: on mm-hmm. behalf of Allah
0: I did. Obviously, Allah doesn't need me to receive anything on his behalf, but so, I owe something to remind me that this is all for him. Mm-hmm. And so every time the praise came, it didn't enter me and like boost me. And I didn't, have so I just, I just it was almost like, thank you so much. And they put it in this thing. And then when I was sitting with Allah, I was like, look at this bouquet. <laughs> this sounds so silly, but it was. It was just like, look at this bouquet of people who, who are grateful to you. Like I hope that you you wrote their gratitude down even if sometimes they it was misplaced on me, but really what they were saying is thank you to you, you know. Um, and now in giving compliments, I think about it in similar terms. Like if I, which I this is honest, I can say that your your presence, the sincerity, and the way that you approach interviews and your podcast it's it's incredible and it's a gift. That's a daisy I give to Allah. That's a rose I give to Allah for using you in this powerful way, for using your gifts in this way. And so the words we give, like, can they be flowers? Are we we reminding that we're giving these people flowers for Allah? And whether they give it back to him or not, here's my intention. When I praise you, here's my intention. I don't want to activate your ego. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you this thing to remind you of what your creator did through you.
1: Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And coming to your book, I am certain that you had many, many bookcases for Allah (laughs) because (laughs) the, the book really is something. Uh, honestly, honestly, as I was just saying to you before we uh, started uh, sort of recording, that someone asked me to read it, and I told them I'm not only reading it; I'm eating it because <laughs> it is, it is uh, like that. So that is, um, uh, anyway, listeners, I must must insist that uh, the link I will give in the show notes. You just have to read and have Helwa's book in your uh, repertoire and And then read it and reread it and go back to it again and again and again. However I uh, coming back to my coming back to my last question here, you know how there's also uh, usually uh, quite a, I, I read somewhere which which said that do not give to people if you are going to remind them of the favor you've done for them. So sometimes we as human beings uh, sort of give and then also, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, years later or moments later, something remind them that, do you not remember that I did this for you and I did that for you? Where do we sort of, where do we put this? Where do we in this big give and take pot, where do we put this? And how do we deal with it?
0: Hmm. I would say that um, when we experience someone bringing back the giving that they gave to us or to others, the first thing I would do is pray for them. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's a very heavy burden that they'll be met with. Um, And I pray that they're not met with that burden, that Allah forgives them for that. Because when you start to take ownership over Allah's generosity, you're taking yourself as an idol before God. When you think that your giving came from you, when you think that you gave because you had something to give, that's a big burden. Uh, I wouldn't want to meet my Lord declaring that. Especially the fact that if your heart, that tiny organ compared to the world, stops beating, you're gone. Mm -mm. If you can't breathe for a few minutes, you're gone. That that's the state which you're giving from this mm. fragility, and so when you when and I mean this when someone comes and they remind you of that the as hard as it is cuz you're like in the pain of it you won't be held accountable for anything in their statement you'd be the oppressed and because of loss you know it's been said like the, the prayer of the oppressed is one that is heard heavily i don't want to be the reason that anyone doesn't get to witness a lost full glory in the life to come. So I'm going to take a second and just pray for them. Even mm-hmm. if I'm burning on fire from the pain or the embarrassment, whatever the scenario may be, I'm going to say, I'm going to take this moment of pain and I'm going to turn it into something different through prayer. And if I had the opportunity to tell that person that what they're doing is, isn't... In the end, it's not hurting me. Yeah, it hurts my ego. It hurts my identity, but it hurts their spirit. That's a harder thing to align. And so I ask, I mean, I I guess I plea that if you've given something to someone that as hard as it is to not one day put it in their face for whatever reason, for whatever purpose that may seem valid, remember that you could be very valid here on earth by earthly laws, but I would inquire what divine laws are asking of you because those laws continue after you die, and so it's a big offense. And so, as the one that's being oppressed, I would pray for them. But if if I was in a position of saying something like that, I would seek for forgiveness heavily. And if I've mm-hmm. done that in the past, and if you remember, if I ever remember of doing that, <laughs> I would give my perspective is I would give sadaqah. Mm -hmm. if I wronged someone in that way and I would ask directly for their forgiveness because it's known that Allah forgives all sins it says that in the Quran and when we wrong the people we have to ask for their forgiveness because Allah doesn't have control over I mean Allah has control over everything right but he gives us that he gives us that, that, that right to say that if someone wrongs you, they have to ask you for forgiveness.
1: Mm.
0: And then I I ask, I call us at least, as hard as it is, to do the best we can to forgive people. Even if it's like, unbelievable, just to trust that Allah has perfect justice. And that when we forgive people, we enter into the space of Al-Ghafoor, we enter into God's quality of forgiveness. And that gift, of entering into a quality of Allah is more valuable than anything in the entire world. Certainly, so surely. Um,
1: surely, may we all uh, be forgiven in this month of forgiveness, uh, and uh, and may Allah uh, bless you manifold. Um, and that's my little rose to you for your time, for your wisdom, uh, for sharing. Um, so many facets of our regular life and bringing them and looking at them uh, from a spiritual lens because it is just so important that for us to know that every step that we take, every move that we make, uh, mm. we have to bring in God and we have to uh, um, realize his presence only to be able to enter, into, as you said, into into one of his attributes inshallah amen I thank you and thank you so school. much
0: thank you for your time and my deep prayer is for you and for all of your listeners to find ways to receive from others um, in seeing that the, the giving is actually coming from allah inshallah
1: beautiful thank you inshallah
0: thank you assalamu alaikum
1: wa alaykum as-salam.